you're watching the Rebel Scum Podcast. You are always scum. Rebel Scum. From odds making to list rankings, we've got you covered. And don't forget to join us on Patreon for early access and exclusive content. Here are your hosts, Brock and James. James. Yo. Can I tell you something? No. Okay. Podcast over. All right. <laughs> finally. Finally, he's took the bait. Uh, I'm very excited for issue two of the Rise of <laughs> Kylo Ren. I don't even. I'm so excited, but I don't know the title. Uh, I read the first issue. Very interesting. It kind of gave us the history or a little hint of what who the Knights of Ren were, and apparently they've been around for a long time. Uh, and then also we get to see that Ben abandons the the Jedi order that luke has put together but we don't really know exactly what's happened he's being chased by his fellow jedi students and then he meets meets snoke in some kind of garden and he's wearing a gardening uniform or something like that spoilers for rise of sky rise of kylo ren comic book series uh there's so many things happening in there and i'm like wow <laughs> Uh, so I'm very excited. It should be coming out shortly because the other one came out in December. So yay, <laughs> yay! This is the Rebel Scum Podcast where we ruin comics for you. I'm Brock. I'm James, and I haven't read that comic either, so it was ruined for me. But I did know about the uh, the Snoke yeah. uh, Snoke bit of it. Do you like what they're doing with Snoke? Do you like how Snoke has been handled thus far? By the way, there will be spoilers for. Rise of Skywalker, because yeah, we're January, up. folks. Uh, you had your time. <laughs> um, sorry, that seems so. I don't mean to shirk people off. See, this is my Canadian. Sorry, I didn't mean to hurt. You. Sorry there, eh? Sorry there, bud. Um, yeah, you know, I think I said to you, I think they could have made Snoke the villain in Skywalker, and it still have the same story. I mean, he's literally there in a tube. He could have just come out of the tube. Uh, but I like. Uh, I'm. A, They've done a few things with Snoke in this in the series that I did this year for Marvel Comics, the Rise of the, the Age of Resistance, the Age of uh, Res- yeah, he would have only been Age of Resistance. So you see him in he has his own comic one shot, and then he's in Kylo Ren. So it's sort of they you even send me a page that I forgot I didn't tell you I got that issue um, where they, him and uh, Snoke and Kylo go to Endor, of course. Yoda is long gone, but they talk about Yoda and like Snoke has respect for Yoda. So it's like, ah, oh, this is so cool. That's exactly what we need. So I think Snoke, you could get a lot of information out if you wanted to use them. And in this experience, like relevant to the movie, no, but like relevant to us as huge Star Wars fans, I think he's the vehicle that you get to discover what yeah. happened in between. I thought his use uh, was okay. I thought. I never understood Snoke when we went into the Force Wagons. Like, okay, well, what's his game? Uh, if he's more powerful than the Emperor, why wasn't he around with the Emperor? Unless he was waiting in the shadows. But then does that undermine, you know, the 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 first six movies? Like, how do you deal with Snoke, uh, Snokey Snoke? And I thought what they ended up doing with him was fairly predictable, but in a 
in a good way, mm. I want to say. So I was okay with Snoke. I do like that you're learning more about him. And I hope we get to learn even more about Snoke now after seeing Rise of Skywalker. Like what that movie taught us yeah. about Snoke. I hope we get more into that. And that's what we're going to talk a lot about today. Is we're going to talk about Shivp Emperor Palpatine's return yeah. as... Uh, his t- his two explanations in the movie are the dark side of the forest is yada 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 something 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 and the other one is Palpatine has returned somehow yeah. somehow Palpatine has returned but you know it relates because it's sort of like Snoke apparently was like a puppet for the Emperor yes. um, yeah uh, and, and look everybody's complaining and I mentioned you know last time you know you're complaining uh, if you watched The Last Jedi about Luke's arc you know how Luke's arc ends and it's kind of picked up on in this one. And and this movie, everybody's complaining that the, the books and the comics aren't tying in, which, by the way, they never really were. And, you know, people, Pablo Hidalgo from the story group, he's come out and been like, well, if it happens in the movie, that's what happens. So they're giving the people who do the movies whatever they want to do. Uh, but, look, the movies that tied in the most to what J.J. Abrams were doing were the Aftermath books. And this one ties back into the Aftermath books. Um, and so that was good to see because all this is kind of hinted at in the Aftermath uh, books. And I believe Andrew's January Goodwill Hunting for Patreon sub- sub- subscribers will be on the final order, which will, uh, I think, what's going to start with Order 66, they go all the way to Operation Cinder and then end with the final order, uh, which we hear about in the Rise of Skywalker. Um, so, yeah, I think, look, Brock, there's been a lot of talk and debate over when they decided to bring shivp back chris terrio is saying that kathleen it was kathleen kennedy and michelle rejwan's idea jj abrams is like well we had a lot of ideas early on and we kind of went back to those where do you stand on shivp's return uh i'm okay with it uh i think it works with a way to end kylo and ray's story uh i think it's the weakest part of the movie but it's hard to really rate it because, like, we're constantly talking about this. So, like, the fact that, like, if the Emperor came back, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And the fact that he's alive somehow, like, because we weren't sure if he's going to be alive or he's going to be a Sith ghost or whatever or just, like, a memory or I don't know. It is, like, the explanation of it is weak. Uh, but that's okay because I don't want to spend the amount of time they did explain, like, he's alive, he didn't die, and he's got a plan. And it's sort of, yeah. Uh, I think if I had my way, I would have had Kylo just the villain because I feel like that's what the first two movies are building up to, that he is going to take over. I'm not saying he can't redeem himself somehow, but there are ways around it. But, like, I I, I don't hate it. It's I don't believe that it was the plan all along, quite frankly, but that has no bearing on anything. You know what I mean? Like it's like I, I don't really. I I, I will say this: <laughs> the presence of the Emperor and he's been the one pulling the strings behind, behind uh, a, the curtain. Like he is the Great Oz. It does explain why all the stormtroopers are a First Order stormtrooper looks like an Empire yeah. stormtrooper, and why there's why the First Order was so obsessed with blowing things up because that is the emperor's thing that is abundantly clear now uh so like i don't i don't think i needed an explanation of that but like it kind of like oh that that actually makes sense now why it is the way it is but um (laughs) i just sort of 
I think I'm okay with it. To answer your question, I uh, I've completely forgotten how you've answered this or asked this question. <laughs> well, just talking about Shavp's return yeah. and uh, him pulling the strings from the beginning, I kind of agree with you. I don't think he was the plan. I do believe that Ray Palpatine was J.J. Abrams' plan from the beginning. Sure, and I I do believe that Ryan Johnson was aware of that. Whether or not he was he decided to take it in that direction because obviously he had the power for Kylo to give that information at the time and he decided not to for which he Mm. says was the hardest thing for Ray to hear when you look back on Ryan Johnson's quote about the hardest thing for Ray to hear is that she is a nobody and now when I think about that quote I'm like okay is that the hardest thing for her to hear because she's a Palpatine like leading up to that moment do you know what I mean? Like she needs to hear that she's a nobody so that when it comes time to her learning her true identity, she can be like, no, 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 this is who I really am. I'm really this. I came from this. Because uh, Kylo's not lying to her when he says she's a nobody. He's telling her the truth because she was not raised under VP or anything. Like we don't yeah. know, like her, her dad take the Palpatine. It seems like her dad ran or VP didn't know about his son for a while yeah. or you know, and look, we went back to that Lego movie. It is, or the Lego game. It is you, the novelization. It is you, Snoke in The Force Awakens. If what you say about this girl is true, bring her to me. There's more to, there was always more to Rey. Even when you watch The Last Jedi, what does Snoke want Kylo to do? Kill Rey. Yeah. He doesn't want to kill Rey. He wants Kylo to kill Rey. Um, and I think that's very much what the Emperor would have. That's what the Emperor did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he needed, you know, maybe look back to Dooku. Palpatine needed Anakin to kill Dooku to get Anakin. Maybe he needed Kylo to kill Rey to get Kylo. Uh, perhaps. I don't know. I, you, know it, it, you know, it values the fact that, yeah, she's a nobody, so therefore she's not a Palpatine. And then it kind of makes the ending of Ride Skywalker where she says she's a Skywalker. Yeah. Because she's it not a Palpatine. Of, yeah, exactly. I think that works a lot better. It's sort of like... And when you think about it, it's like our original cast, Leia Han and Luke, they were kind of... <laughs> I mean... It kind of helps out with Solo, where like they're like, "My name's Han. What's your last name?" Uh, I don't have a last name. Han Solo, right? Yeah. Which is like a key moment, but like, like our three main characters kind of don't know who they are. So Han has no connection to anyone outside of like Chewie and the yeah. Falcon. Leia thinks she's a princess of Alderaan, but it turns out she's more. It's like she has a brother and a father, and they're and she's a Jedi. And then Luke is a farm boy. That is going to return balance to the force. Like, I think when you think about it that way, Ray's character makes a lot more sense because it's sort of like it's a it's a search for identity. And a lot of times they get the wrong one, right? So uh but Palpatine, like yeah. Here's my question to you. I don't mean to change the subject. Do you think him being thrown into the energy canyon or whatever the hell that was on the death star was that part of his plan because i think people are like confused on what palpatine was his plan to do this and or then be 
look, made no. it look like he disappeared? Like, you don't think so? No, no. And here's why. He says, so, I can't remember who he says this to. He says, I've been dead before. Like, I died once. Because, no, Kylo's yeah. like, I'll kill you. He goes, I've already been dead. Kill me. Yeah. Kill me. Um, and I think what, what, what we've learned now is the rule of two is there's a master and apprentice. At some point, yeah. the apprentice kills the master. The spirit, the dark side, and the dark side, the Sith side goes into the apprentice. Yeah. And they go, and it's continuing like that. And the, all of the Sith live within the master always. And the apprentice has to kill the master. And that's how it always is. But Palpatine's plan was always like, he is the end of that line. He will always be the master. That's how he is. Or... I don't know, whatever. So, I think Vader screwed everything up, threw him down the shaft. He didn't see that coming. But he has those Sith minions, as I call them. They're called Sith... uh, Acolytes? Sith alchemists? I don't know what they're called. But they're called something. Anyway, he has the Sith minions, is what I'm going to call them. Because they're they're all just yellow banana minions under there. (laughs) I think they follow him around. Some of them followed him around. Um... And I think he got thrown down that pit. Now, whether or not they retrieve him after it blows up, or because he's all like destroyed, like the Emperor is destroyed, and he's on that thing, like because I know people think he's a clone, which I know would make sense. And I think people, but I don't think he's a clone. I don't think that, I think Snoke wasn't a clone either. I think Snoke was a complete creation by CVP in a tube, like him and his minions created this thing, Snoke, so that Snoke could go out create this army like kind of lead the army for the emperor biding time for the emperor's return while the emperor tries to lure kylo right like because he hates the skywalker so damn much right he's like i will get the child um but then he catches wind that he has an heir out there i think that's what it is he catches when he has an heir but anyway so i think mm-hmm. i think what happens is at some point these sith minions grab shvp take him to exegol which is like the sith Acto, the Sith, um, the dark sides. I don't know the Sith place. You know what I mean? They're statues. So they go there, and the and and they're like, "How did you return?" He's like, "The pathway to the dark. The path to the dark side is uh, some believe to be unnatural." And I think from there, these creatures perform like Sith rituals on him. And all this is yeah. dumb in a movie, right? This is why you don't explain it in a movie. But they perform like these Sith rituals. They chucky him back to life. They good guy yeah. doll him back, but he can't do anything because he's just like half a thing. And he's like, ah. So they create this Snoke thing, which takes time. And then yeah. they, but while that's happening, they also build this new empire under the clouds. And this whole time he's been there pulling the strings from a distance in ways he has never been able to before. Um, and so I think the whole idea was. I mean, there's more to it that I haven't fully. I've only seen the movie twice. Let's just, you know, I, I'm. I mean. We see in Rebels like this whole. I forget. I really got to rewatch the episode. I keep calling it the Star Bridge. (laughs) (laughs) World between worlds, yeah. Perhaps like they could work in something like that, where it's like the Emperor knows of the Star because we see the Emperor in that episode, so he's aware of it. Maybe he's like, "Well, I can't change what happens, but I can at least go in and like save my body or send someone to go save." Because you're right. Like it's it's like Chucky. It's like brendan fraser's mummy like someone <laughs> or it's it's basically like raiders of the lost ark if yes. you send someone go in and like open an ancient tomb that has some spiritual magical whatever you want to call it connected to it they're like it's pandora's box basically <laughs> you found it you opened it and you released all evil into the world 
Uh, no, yeah. Like, it would have been... All you would have had to do is, like, even before the crawl starts, it's, like, five, two years after the return of the Jedi, and it's, like, someone goes, like, they're in a spacesuit, and they're on, like, maybe there's a piece of the Death Star floating somewhere in, like, the outer rim, and they just go go in, and they find his body in case... Like, the concept of him falling down and then into that chasm and, and surviving, I can totally buy that. Like, I've read, like, Star Wars comics where like you know Darth Vader gets like uh his he gets blown into the water and he's sinking but he's not dying because he's using the force to create an air bubble around him <laughs> like like I like yeah I accept that like it that makes sense to me like they're all powerful why can't they breathe underwater or breathe in space Leia like Leia Poppins people hate it I love it cuz it's like she was connected to the Force for that exact moment because she's talking to Kylo. Yeah, why can't she survive space? <laughs> it took its toll. It still took its toll on her body. Mm-hmm. So um, that part, though I will say this, now that the Emperor has clawed his way out of a chasm, anybody falling into a hole or chasm does not mean instant death. Well, the only person to fall down is just Han that hasn't come back. But... Somebody stabbed. skewered him with a, a lightsaber. Yeah, I mean, but Ben Solo came back after he got thrown that one too. I think, but see, I see, I think, but they, t- the, but the thing is though, is he says he was dead. Vampire actually says, "I've been, I was oh, right, dead. Right, right. I've already been dead." I think. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. I forgot. I keep saying I. I keep thinking like he is kind of alive, but like yeah, but what you were saying earlier is like yeah, I, I totally. They could have easily done that at the beginning. Yeah. It would have been weird. But I wouldn't have hated it. I'm like, yeah, there's your answer. There it is. I, I think the Sith minions are. Anytime you have a question about anything in Dark Side now, it's just Sith minions. There's <laughs> thousands of them. They could do anything. Because I think I think it was the polar opposite of of Lore Senteca. You find out. I mean, look, it's the same journey, right? It's it's um, Kylo goes to a village. Lore Senteca kills Lore Senteca. Kylo goes to Exegol. Meets Palpatine doesn't kill Palpatine, but Palpatine is the Lord sent. Like, one is the Church of the Force, one's the Church of Darkness of the Sith, right? So it's you know polar opposite beginnings to these movies. Uh, I gave you a piece of information, and then we move on with the story. And then it's like, what's the point of this? Oh, I need the map. Oh, I need the map. There's all about maps. J.J. Abrams' Star Wars plan is they need maps. One is in BB-8, one is in a holocron. Don't call it a holocron. It's a wayfinder. If you want to know the difference between a wayfinder and a holocron, what it is is a holocron is a source of information. A wayfinder it's, is a GPS. It's true. It is a good point. It is truly frightening that they have all these spaceships. They can. They have laser guns. They have robots that talk and think and like can be your friend. Uh, and they can go through light speed. But they haven't fully mapped the entire galaxy. How is that possible? Like they oh, there's no maps of the Sith Sith uh, planets because it's bad, so we took it out. And so like, what? Why? Why? <laughs> Just say don't go there. <laughs> yeah, and then you know the the outer rim. Well, the outer rim is Tatooine, which they keep going back to, so it can't be that outer. <laughs> like, yeah. what is the outer rim? I was very happy when they they mentioned the unknown regions. Uh, yeah, I don't I think it's the first time they did it, but I just like yeah, that's like we need to talk about the unknown regions. Yeah, which again the aftermath books uh, deal with them and yeah. Thrawn deals with them, and so there's a lot going on there. It was nice, and I think 
I think the movie ties in more than people give it credit to. I think people, I think the one thing is is a lot of and you know we're guilty of this as well is the overthinking of Star Wars. You know you can't you can't tie it all together, uh, even though we would like to believe that we can. We can't, uh, and that's just the reality of it. Yeah. Uh, and you know it is what it is. I thought you know the Emperor. I think like I said, I'm with you on it. I think that's the one thing they could have explained more. But I think when I think about it, I think. You know, I it just it would have been convoluted and annoying, and we all would have been like, "Well, that's you know, like yeah. I don't know." The emperor was dead. He says he was dead. The dark side brought him back. I don't like you know we it and you know and JJ Abrams can hate the prequels all he wants, but he basically did the Anakin is uh, a virgin birth with <laughs> bringing back Palpatine. Like it's just it's along those lines. It's Star Wars. Uh, it's supposed to be fun. Let's not dwell on those. You want to go over to uh, this segment that we call Never Tell Me the Odds? Let's do it. Hold on. I've got to change my graphic. Never Tell Me the Odds! Never Tell Me the Odds. Sponsored by Patreon. Thank you to everyone that sponsors us. It makes us feel nice and warm inside that people think what we do is very great. And we appreciate your financial support. We love having you on our shows. So, yeah. Little... uh, Last but not least, here are our wonderful Patreons sponsoring Never Tell Me the Odds, executive producer Heidi Fedor, Barry Brophy, Dennis Allen, Christine Allison, Mary Kristen Athen, Jeff Wilson, Aaron Quinton, Al Schuler, Phil Staniforth, Austin Schur, Scott D., Andy Higgins, Josh Price, Mason Hope, Matt W. Rez, Rural Farm Boy, Frank Perkins, Sooner Thrawn, Neil Lowry, D. Raven, Spencer, Matt Dallas, DJ Blake, Gleek Play One, Janet Rubio, Charlotte, Kayla Davis, Girls with Sabres, not Girl with Saber, um, as I called them on a live stream two weeks ago, <laughs> and the Den of Nerds, not to confuse with the Denim Nerds, my new favorite YouTube channel, where they talk <laughs> denim all the time. Blue Jean Baby. <laughs> <laughs> LA Lady. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, here we go. Today's odds are oh, the first odd: the odds of Palpatine's return being explored in the Clone Wars animated series season seven coming up in February. I would think that would be fun, but I don't know how you do it because he's alive as Senator Palpatine. Or well, wow, Chancellor. maybe you show like kind of hint as to what he's been working yeah, on. Yeah, setting up. at least go to Exegol. Yes. Like, no, what would be cool? The comics does this all the time, or at least they did back in the day. You'd get your main story, and at the end, there'd be a little what, like three page, four page, like whatever, and you would follow it throughout. You get little chunks, and then sometimes it would leak back to the main yes. story. That would be kind of neat to see, like something where Sidious is up to something on Exegol. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, them if that Rebels rumor is true that that season, the sequel series is coming, there's your chance to go to Exegol. How amazing would it be if there's like the last scene in the season seven is Sidious talking to someone and you're like, you have a lot of good ideas. I like you. It's like, what's your name? And he's like, Snoke. And the Emperor just turns and looks at the like, <laughs> But even like, if it means nothing, it's just like, it's like Snoke. It just drop those things. Like, I don't know if they're going to do that, but it'd be nice. But, uh, but anyways, going back to this, um, 
I want it to happen, so I would say 80%, but the likelihood, I think, is 50 or 40. Because, like, this is Filoni's baby. Perhaps he doesn't want to. It's like, this is his... They had a vision for this season prior to all of this other flim-flam, so, like, why should Dave Filoni divert from that? Uh, because this was already decided and created before the Rise of Skywalker was thought of. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's what I'm I'm saying. That's why he does not. I'm gonna go thirty percent. Okay. I you know I it's it's it is its own story. That is what I'm gonna say. It's its own story. It doesn't need to deal with that. It would be cool. I think, like I said, that Rebel sequel show. If that happens, that's where you throw it in something like that, where Sabine and Ahsoka land on this planet called Exegol. Um, and Sabine dies there. What? <laughs> uh, the odds of George Lucas's treatments ever seeing the light of day? I'm gonna say zero percent. I think there's a likelihood, maybe like twenty percent, when they're like they've run out of ideas or their ideas aren't good anymore. So you'd be like, this is what George wanted to do. But I just want to say zero percent because that just says everything we've done now uh-huh. is just a mistake. I think it's. Meeting, uh, admitting defeat. So I can't see it happening. Do you think it, it would have been better? The Oshi, that Oshi character, the Jedi hunter, would have been better served to be an Inquisitor. Yeah, maybe. Or is this too think, far along after Inquisitors? Maybe. No, I think it. Maybe. You know what? You don't have to make it look like the Inquisitors we've seen before. You just call it a. Just call it an Inquisitor, and then all like the people that know what that is will be like, oh. <laughs> or you just say uh, Oshi, an Inquisitor Jedi hunter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's just adding two words, like yeah, and it means nothing to normal people, and it means everything. Everything to us. does. I mean, you throw, you go out of your way to throw them in Fallen Order and all that stuff, and. Anyway, I'm gonna for this one. I'm gonna go seven percent. I don't think so. I think that has come and gone. And when you listen to what he was saying, they were about. There's no way Disney wants to make those movies at all. I I think it would be fun to have George Lucas do something like write a episode or something. Or you know what would be cool? And this is I think how you get around making it look like defeat. Do a what if version of Star Wars. Like what if. <laughs> What if this happened and it's like George, like cause Stan Lee did this once like 15 years ago where he came to DC and redid all their heroes. If he, yeah, had yeah, yeah. so let's just do that. It's like, what if with George Lucas, <laughs> like what if he did this? Or I think that would work. That's all about what you and I have been saying forever. Just have some freaking fun with the franchise, man. Have some fun with yeah. it. Uh, anyway, I'm really low. So the, the our final line is the odds of, this is around the same vein, I guess. Uh, the odds of the Star Wars under Underworld, that canceled TV show from late 2000s, early 2010, around there. Mm. Um, that becoming... They have like 50 scripts or something like that. The odds right. of Star Wars Underworld becoming a Disney Plus series in the future. I mean, it's hard to say because it's like, what was it about? Like, uh, Boba it- Fett. Boba Fett, yeah. specifically? It was mostly about Boba Fett and like the, sh- the seedy underworld of Coruscant. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, the problem is, 
the status quo of Star Wars is different now. So, like, they wouldn't focus on specific characters maybe the same way. But there's no reason why some of those storylines can't... I mean, for all we know, maybe there is an Underworld episode that could be similar to The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? When I hear Star Wars Underworld, I always think, like, one of those city planets, like... Yeah. Like, uh... Uh, Coruscant or well, it is Coruscant. Arshida or whatever and it's like this one because it's so much of a western we see more of uh, yeah oh god what is it called what is the planet called that they're on uh, Navarro Navarro <laughs> so um, odds of that happening I don't know I, I think the problem it's hard to quantify because you don't like that that showed might not exist the same way as it does yep. dead 10 years ago. Um, but I'm gonna, I think that they'll make something about the bounty hunters. I'm gonna go 55%. Nice. Because I feel like it's too much of a similarity to Mandalorian, even though, well, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, we're talking about bounty hunters already. Why do we need to talk about more different bounty hunters? Yeah, I'm going to go um, 37%. I think this thing has come and gone. And TV's... I, I know George Lucas... The thing with George Lucas is he was always like ahead of the curve, right? He was like one step ahead. He's like, wow, guess what? Um, what's it? The bodysuits is the future of filmmaking. And I was like, no, it's not. And Jar Jar came out and I was like, no. And then Gollum comes out and I was like, oh. And it's like, well, that's... <laughs> Um, and I think he was the same with this. I think he he kind of predicted TV before the TV that we know today. He was yeah. doing back then. It didn't work back then, but it works now. I think those scripts are still there. They probably still work, but they probably aren't up to snuff with the standards of today either. So I'm going to go 37. percent But if you have 50 scripts and you want to and you want to hammer on content, man, you want to make Star Wars shows. You've got that in the bag. And I think that's what is so cool about the Obi-Wan show is they've got that. Just, you know, they're having trouble with casting Andor. Just make the Underworld scripts a casting Andor show. Bam! The reason why he couldn't yeah. <laughs> exist somehow in that. So Yeah, you know what? It, and it's like it's just like what I said about George Lucas. Like, you know, don't let him be in charge because this is now your thing. But yeah. you're like, hey, George, what would you like to make? I mean, I feel like that's what they're doing with Favreau and Filoni. Yeah. Uh, Favreau, Filoni, and uh, and uh, the Feig. Kevin Feige. <laughs> it's like, wow, they're all F names. Yeah, it's or true. Not, uh, Feige, Feige, sorry. I, I confuse uh, Feige with Paul, Paul Feig. Paul Feig, uh, But they're all F names. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think they're already doing that. So it's like, you got these scripts, like you just said, it's like, use them somehow and then do a cool, like, documentary. It's like, how we use this? And you'll be like, wow, and that's more content. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. We will eat all of your content. Please shove it into my face. <laughs> I want it. It's true. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Well, those are our Never Tell Me the Odds for episode 149. Right now, though, we're going to head over to Andrew Fantasia, who's going to take a look at. The visual guide for the rise of Skywalker. Andrew! Hello, scumbags. I'm Andrew Fantasia, and I have got 
the high ground welcome to high ground on rebel scum podcast thanks for joining in as usual don't forget to like and subscribe follow us if you don't already we're on facebook we're on instagram we're on twitter we're even on myspace because we're kind of old and of course if you want to get all kinds of other really juicy sexy rebel scum podcast content don't forget to take a look at our patreon page you want to give us a little something something every month we scratch your back in return and give you all kinds of really really cool stuff you can't find anywhere else speaking of really really cool stuff that's what i'm here to talk about today i'm here to talk about this book right here this is the rise of skywalker visual dictionary now if you're a regular on this channel if you know me you know that these visual dictionaries are probably, I'm going to be straight up honest here, my favorite part of being a Star Wars fan is getting to read these every time a new movie comes out. I have been in love with these DK Visual Dictionaries since I was a little kid. I don't know why they don't make it for other franchises. You know, why isn't there a Marvel Cinematic Universe Visual Dictionary? Why isn't there a Pixar Visual Dictionary? I would eat that up. Anyways, as long as there's a Star Wars one, I'm happy. And thankfully, there is for every movie. And this one, for The Rise of Skywalker, I have to say off the bat, is the best visual dictionary we have gotten for this entire trilogy. Just to give you a quick comparison here, first of all, take a look at the ones for Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Alright? These are really nice. This Last Jedi one, boy, that is a sexy cover. That is probably the nicest cover DK has ever made. But... There's just one problem with these books. They're great, but there's one problem with them. Here's the problem. They are very, very thin. These are 80 pages. And if you know anything about DK, you know that usually they make pretty chunky books. So 80 pages, when I first picked this up, I was kind of bummed out at how thin it actually was. Well, that problem has been rectified because as you can see, the Rise of Skywalker, even though it's shorter, it's, it's not as tall as these ones, it is much thicker. Let me see if I can get that. There you go. See how much thicker that is? In fact, these are both 80, but this one is sitting pretty at 200 pages. Yes, it is more than twice the size of those books. Combined, the first two movies don't have as much information as the book for the third movie. But size matters not. Like the Jedi themselves, it is what is on the inside that counts. And yes, the inside of this visual dictionary is wonderful. I'm just going to walk you through some of the highlights for me. First off, you'll notice here it has something other ones don't where it says, with exclusive cross-sections. That's right, the other ones did not have cross-sections. Oh look, I just flipped to a random page and I found one. There you go. So this is the ship, the Bestune Legacy. There's a cross-section. This is the ship that they steal from Ochi, the one they find in Pasana that has Dio on board. And I mean, the art for the cross-sections has always been great. If you saw my video I did on the Complete Locations book, you know how much I love the art that they do on these cross-section things. And I really hope they do a sequel to Complete Locations because that was the best Star Wars book ever made as far as I'm concerned. But, like, just take a look. I'm sorry I'm getting a lot of glare here, but I'll try to hold this as close as I can so you can see just how gorgeous this is. This is a gorgeous, gorgeous book. I just, I love the way that art looks. So you get cross-sections. You also get some really cool things that you probably weren't expecting. First of all, it does something the other books don't do, where it starts off with, like, a 10 to 12 page recap of the first two movies. 
So it walks you through big events from The Force Awakens and from The Last Jedi, which is interesting. I mean, it's not necessary, but it's interesting. Then it follows the tradition that it's been following, which I like, is it shows you the factions who are at play right now. It shows you a map of the galaxy, and it shows you all the key planets featured in this particular movie, which is always nice. I like that they started doing that with Force Awakens. I think it was a great new addition to the way they lay out these books. So then you get your pages and everything. Now, this is one of my favorite things. This is a highlight I wanted to show you. Jedi scripture. That's right, folks. We have up-close and personal looks at the inside of the books that Rey took from Luke's tree. And man, the stuff that's in here, I ain't going to spoil it for you, but there is some juicy, juicy lore in these books to the point where I really hope Lucasfilm releases these as like a box set. They're like leather bound and they look like this. The only difference is please write them in English. I don't feel like translating Al Rubesh, but I would love to read these firsthand. You get confirmation that that was in fact Mustafar, which flew right over my head when I watched the movie. Here's more stuff about the books, uh, a little bit of detail about the Wayfinders, even that sexy compass that Luke finds in Battlefront 2. So they're, they're really digging deep into the lore on this one. Pablo Hidalgo pulled out all the stops. This was a really nice surprise. You get a couple pages on the Knights of Ren. We even learn their names. For example, Grenade Face, my favorite one, his name is Vicruel. Because that, that sounds like that would be his name. That, that fits. And it tells you all about them. Um, it doesn't give you any information on you know where they're from or what species they are or anything like that. But it gives you a lot of insight into them that you didn't get in the movies because they were pretty much non-existent in the movies and you even get a nice huge spread about their weapons because they all have very unique weapons thank you pablo for giving us something on the knights of ren dear god it has been long enough here's another great cross-section of a y-wing i'm not going to linger because i don't want to spoil but just the art the art on that y-wing Ooh, chef kiss chef kiss the more I think about it, the more that I think Bulio is my favorite new alien that we have met in this entire sequel trilogy. I just love the look of Bulio. He's so cool. Nice two-page spread on Beaumont Kin. That's Dominic Monaghan. You want to know about Beaumont Kin? This guy leads an interesting life. These two pages will really make you dig this character if you weren't a fan of him. Here's the famous Rothgar Deng, who people just now have started to realize might very likely be Dengar. That flew right over my head. First time I saw him, he looked familiar. I thought it kind of looked like Sloth, if Sloth was, you know, in Blade Runner or something. I like that it's Dengar, though. I think that's neat. There you go, everybody. Two pages of Babu Frick. They're worth the price of admission right there. This is another cool thing that they do. They do these little boxes called legacy boxes, where if something comes up that really has a lot of ties into other parts of canon, whether it's the other eight movies or whether it's the books or the comics, whatever... They do this little legacy fact file and they kind of give you information that is really extraneous and, and outside of the movie's story. So it's almost like you could pick this up, you know, couple these with that big introduction part that I showed you. You could pick this book up having only seen Rise of Skywalker and nothing else, not even like A New Hope. And these little things can kind of get you up to speed. So it's a really interesting new addition. Okay, this might be my favorite part. So this is the beginning of the chapter where they talk about Kefbeer, okay? Kefbeer, as we learn, is one of the moons of Endor. Ever since back in the Return of the Jedi days, we figured there were probably more than one moon of Endor. We just knew about the forest one. Well, finally, we get a map of the entire 
Endor system with every moon. I think there are nine moons. This was my favorite page in the book. Isn't this great? Look, there's so many moons, and it tells you all a little bit about them. There's uh, there's Kefbeer. There's the forest moon. That's where the Death Star blew up. There's this other moon that's like a shadow moon. It's all creepy and weird. And then there's all these other planets. I want to visit all of these moons at some point. I'm so happy that this map exists. What else we got here? There's a little little uh, fact file about Janna's bow and how that bow works. So Orlando Bloom, if you're watching this, take some notes. And the last page is a, a little sort of just random look at some of the people who show up at the end. Some of the random galactic people to come and help the resistance and it's kind of neat that one of them is Sidonathano the Crimson Corsair so he was there and he was helping them out. I kind of wish that one of these people was somebody that we kind of knew like maybe Hera or Wedge or something uh, but that's okay they gave us new characters so I ain't gonna complain about that. As far as things that I wasn't crazy about there's not a whole lot there's just a couple of things that were you know they could have done better with this and I think my main gripe which I'm pretty sure everybody knows about by now is look the main villain of this movie is Darth Sidious. It's the Emperor. And he is not anywhere to be found. In fact, I don't even think they write his name in this book. They refer to a puppet master at some points. They refer to somebody who is controlling Snoke from the shadows. But they never even, as far as I can remember, say Palpatine's name Except for this, like, timeline in the beginning where they're just going through the timeline of galactic events. I'm sorry, that's kind of unacceptable. You, you can't do that. You cannot do that. I get it if this was the middle chapter or something and you didn't want to spoil what was coming next in other movies and you want to hold off on Palpatine. But this is it. This is the end, guys. There's no more after episode 9. There's, there's no 10. Palpatine's gone. Put him in the effing book. Do a page about him. Do a page about how he survived. Do a page about how he made Snoke and what that whole machination was. Do a page about his his Sith cult in, in that Colosseum and, and what they're doing there. You get nothing. You get squat. And that was one of the biggest things that I wanted to learn going into this. Because as I've said before, Rise of Skywalker, more than any other Star Wars movie, really plays its cards close to its chest. It is the most vague Star Wars movie to the point where I have never felt like I needed this visual dictionary more than I did with Episode Nine. And when I opened it, and I'm you know flipping through, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting to get to the Palpatine stuff, and there's nothing. And frankly, that's just, I just don't get it. That's not acceptable. If you're worried about spoilers, story group, you know what? Release this book a week after the movie. Don't put it out on the 20th if you're worried about spoilers. Because now what you have is, frankly, an incomplete book. The fact that there's nothing about Palpatine in here is crazy. And it's not like Palpatine was hiding. It's not like he's a hidden gem. You know, this isn't Infinity War where Red Skull shows up and everybody in the theater loses their mind. Palpatine was a known factor since the very first reveal trailer in April 2019. He was a known factor. He's not a secret. His reason for being in the movie was a secret, but the fact that he was in it, everybody knew. They were marketing that. They were banking on that. Why is he not in this book? Even just like a page saying, he's back, we're not going to explain how, but here's some pictures of him, and here's some uh, pictures of his apparatus with his body attached to it and his throne... Nothing. That is unacceptable. Like, I don't get how they could possibly justify not putting him in this book. And they do this weird thing every once in a while, too, that I'm not a fan of. This, right here. They have 
a lot of pages. I think they have like six or seven pages where they just do this. Here's just a, a big photo from the movie with like a little tiny blurb in the corner about what's going on in the photo. It's like, did you really need to waste two pages on this? Like, was this really necessary? Guess what? That's two pages you could have spent talking about Palpatine. That's two pages you could have spent talking about what Snoke really was. Why? Why was that necessary? And like I said, they do it like five or six times. So there is a lot of beautiful, beautiful stuff in this book, but there's a lot of odd stuff too. It is still my favorite visual dictionary of the new trilogy because it's frankly the biggest and the juiciest and it has the most information and it added cross sections and all kinds of other real neat little treats that they stuck in there to make it worth the bang for your buck. But they've made a lot of weird choices too. I still think that the Complete Locations book that DK made is the best book they have ever made in terms of Star Wars uh, fact books. But this one is definitely worth picking up. Just don't expect answers to the shivp and snoke questions because he ain't getting them in here but that has been high ground on the rise of skywalker visual dictionary i have been andrew fantasia you have been awesome i hope you enjoyed this don't forget to like follow subscribe and patreon patreon is not a verb but i just made it one i'll see you soon my friends until then may the force of others be with you hollow news da 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 hollow news i can't listen to that Voice. Now you must listen to my voice. Wait, you're talking about my voice or Andrew Fantasia's voice? Andrew Fantasia. Good. Why do you even ask? We've literally almost done 150. Oh, I said literally. Wonderful girlfriend Reham says I use it way too much and incorrectly. So we have. I guess it's right. Literally, we have done 150 episodes. Is what I was going to say. So, anyways, Hollow News. The news you need to know now. Uh. I'm sure you've seen Mandalorian, and if you haven't, I'm sorry. I'm going to spoil the opening of it. Uh, but the the final episode, written and directed by Taika Waititi, I believe, it has a lot of humor in it, and that's how you know it's a Taika episode. Uh, it opens with a really great, I guess it's a full scene, but it's the first like three or four minutes is just the scout troopers that five baby Yoda in episode seven, and they're waiting to go back into into uh uh the city what was it i just what was, navarro there we go i just forgot the city i said two minutes ago um navarro waiting to go in and there was voiced by two comedians specifically jason sudeikis and adam pally i'm just here if you don't know those names look them up you're like oh i've seen this show and then jason sudeikis is snl Adam Pally was has been in a lot of different shows like uh, Happy Endings, one of my favorites. Anyways, Jason Sudeikis, uh, Scout Trooper, is the one that punches Baby Yoda a bunch of times because uh, he keeps trying to get out of the bag, I think. Anyways, because of this and because of the the backlash from people online, his Wikipedia has been updated to have a mention that in 2019, Sudeikis appeared on the Star Wars series The Mandalorian as a speeder bike trooper. His character was noted on social media for repeatedly striking a fan favorite character in the last episode of the series. Doesn't reveal that it's baby Yoda, but this is like, if you look in his section in Wikipedia on his work, it mentions, you know, uh, uh, angry bosses. I think it's, (laughs) he's like, he's married to uh, Olivia, uh, Olivia Wilde. Yeah. Olivia Wilde. And, uh, you know, 
SNL cast member. He's like, and he struck a puppet in 2019. So that's a fun little thing I like to throw in. Uh, we talked about last week. There's a lot of struggle on release. Hashtag release the JJ cut, which I think is ridiculous, but whatever. But this is a topic that we need to talk about. Uh, Kelly Marie Tran revealed in interviews like uh, that there were a lot of scenes with her cut out, even though she was in a lot of things. She A lot of her scenes were cut out. Uh, there was a scene with her and Ray, which she was very excited about because they had never really interacted in the first movie. I think it's really cool at all that they're, that these characters are even in scenes together because in Last Jedi, we weren't in any scenes at all. It was really cool to have feminine energy on set. I wish I could tell you more, but I'm really excited for people to see Rose and Ray interact. They both have the same objective, which is to fight for the things you believe in and the people you love. So I believe that will be a deleted scene when the Blu-ray slash digital download comes out. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, but it was also because of this backlash of people wanting more Rose or what's going on with all these characters. Chris Terrio, who wrote the movie with J.J. Abrams, has said, We wanted Rose to be the anchor at the Rebel base who was with Leia. We thought we couldn't leave Leia at the base without any of the principals who we love. So Leia and Rose were working together. As the process evolved, a few scenes we'd written with Rose and Leia turned out to not meet the standard of photorealism that we hoped for. Those, those scenes, unfortunately, fell out of the film. So there you go. A lot of Rose's parts are kind of cut because as much as they did a great job, including Carrie Fisher, into this movie, obviously they don't want to destroy the illusion that it's uh, it's her and not someone with a uh, CG face over top. So that's why we lost some of it. But hopefully we'll see some of it. I don't know. But there you go. That's another side to that story. And finally... A, a lighthearted story that we all need. Josh Gad has gone on Twitter and has demanded that there be a spinoff movie for Babu Frick. <laughs> uh, there's not much else to the story. Just, you know, I love Babu Frick, so I had to put it in there. Josh Gad just says, I demand a Babu Frick spinoff now, and that is it. He posts a picture of Babu Frick. Uh, while looking at this, I also found a picture where people have photoshopped Babu Frick over the Ansel Igor character in... Baby Driver, so it's now called Babu Driver. Uh, yeah, Babu Frick, get him in your life. <laughs> and this has been Hollow News. Hollow News. Da, 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 da. You know, no matter what anybody thinks, Kelly McTran is a class act human being. Yeah, for sure. Top five. Top five. What is top five for today? Dude? Today's top five New Year's resolutions for Star Wars fans. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, you gotta get your life right. <laughs> oh, we could have done top three hundred. Uh, you know what? To to be completely honest and fair, there's a lot of online bickering and hating, and you know, elitism. Is that a word? Elitism. 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 Um, entitlement. But we, I, you know, we've lucked out here at the Rebel Scum Podcast yeah. with some of the coolest Star Wars fan, like legitimately, like understanding. You know what? You didn't like the Last Jedi, that's fine. You didn't like Rise of Skywalker, that's fine. We like those movies, that's also fine. I think we all, you know, here we've lucked out with people on all these sides that kind of understand that if you complain to us, we won't acknowledge your existence. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, like you could if you don't like a movie, you don't like a movie. That is a fair People valid point. Different opinions, and yes. when they say their opinion, it's like they're saying in a way that's like, oh yeah, I never thought of that way. I like your. It doesn't change my mind, but like, yeah, that's a good. That's a good conversation. And you know what? I've yeah, I've had conversations. I've been on one side of a fence on on one aspect, and then someone will talk to me, and I'll be like, oh well, I guess. I mean, you know, Brock, let's talk about Raylo for a second. I never. Ray- I didn't even see that. And then our good friend Misconduct was like, "Are you blind?" And then she laid out the facts, and I was like, "Well, maybe." And as the movies went on, I was like, "Well, maybe." <laughs> Um, and then when it ended with a smooch, I was like, oh, she was right on. But you know what? It's like the thing is, we we are all individuals, and we all yeah. see things the way we see things, and we're not wrong and we're not right until until the strike, the clock strikes Proven twelve. Guilty. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, like you know. So so you appreciate everybody's point of view and everything, and you learn from that, and you grow from that, and 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 I think that's what makes us all. Uh, yeah. anybody makes a fandom fun it's just the the bigotry that you get it's like uh, the, you know just like it's your opinion it's great but it's not better than that person's opinion that's all yeah. it's not more valid I should say uh, but this is what we think about the movie about space wizards <laughs> <laughs> seriously it's about lifting rocks Brock lifting rocks here we go top 5 new rocks. year's resolutions for Star Wars fans uh, my number 5 <laughs> subscribe to podcasts <laughs> that's a good one i didn't think of that mine's kind of similar but subscribe to podcast yeah what's your number five my number five is update your disney plus if you're not <laughs> if you're doing the month the months cut it out pay for the full year this is disney's patreon this is how you support what you love if you're not on there if you're getting rid of your disney plus you're allowed to do whatever you like but i'm saying the more people on this is how we get more fun content. We get something that's totally out of left field. Mandalorian has proven it enough that they have an idea that is working. We're getting Clone Wars Season 7 because you cried for it. Uh-huh. Now is your time to support what you love. And it's not just Star Wars. It's all the Marvel superheroes. If you like Star Wars, there's a pretty good chance you like the Marvel uh, MCU. It's all going to be there. WandaVision. That looks awesome. Anyways, that's my number five. Um, My number four, Erin <clears throat> did this, and I'll tell you, her life was never the same after. Bake some <laughs> Baby Yoda cookies. Oh, yeah. Bake the Baby Yoda cookies. She did it at Christmas, and my dad was like, these are amazing. And then she did that at New Year's, yeah. and everybody was like, whoa, <laughs> what is happening? Uh, so bake the cookies. It'll make your life, that, <laughs> make your year that much more splendid. Incorporate as much Star Wars into your daily life yeah. as possible. My number four, I guess, kind of links to my number five. Rewatch Clone Wars. You have a month. It's coming out soon. And maybe, maybe rewatch Rebels as well. I don't know. Or maybe at least the last. No, watch it all. Do it. Why are you here? Go find, go watch it now. Yeah. I think you need to remember all the things that happened in Clone Wars so you are ready for season seven. Mine is just rewatch the movies and enjoy them. Yeah. And if you don't like one of them or two of them, don't throw those ones on. Don't do anything to irk you. Just remember why you like Star Wars. Throw on the ones from your childhood, whether it's the original trilogy, whether it is the prequel trilogy, or the sequel trilogy for all of the 
for all of those that just got into Star Wars based on The Force Awakens, which, by the way, is not a negative. If The Force Awakens was your gateway into Star Wars, that's awesome. Yep. Welcome aboard. Four years later. <laughs> and that kind of works into my number three. Rewatch the new saga. Now you, we have all three. Well, we shortly will have all three. I can't wait home. to own Rise of Skywalker and watch them yes. all. Rewatch them. Maybe re- if you got to do it now, watch two. Of the, watch the first two and then go to the theater and watch the third one again in like maybe a 24 hour window I think you might start realizing there's a little bit more to it I, I, again I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put my opinion on it but I think the more you watch it is I, I think how we got to be Star Wars fans was just re-watching the original saga over and over and over again so it's like you don't get to this point you, you can't just be like oh I watched it and that's it so Rewatch it. That's a good... That's close to what I was saying. My other one is... Either get off Twitter... Or just be cool, <laughs> man. Or just be cool. Uh, there's just... It's, it, most... You know, muting on Twitter should be the one I should say. Uh, just be... Yeah. Just uh, chill. Is, what, is, yeah. is it just chill. You know what? Buy an action figure is my number two. I'm going to go buy an saying. action figure. Yeah. Take yourself back to the youth movement of it all we do look how we fully embrace this <laughs> i uh i got oh check this out dollarama bro can i show you this i mentioned this i think mm-hmm. you got that, that dollarama? dollarama nice yeah let me put it back there <laughs> it might fall okay yeah dollarama just go to dollar go to your local dollar store Nobody buys Star Wars stuff anymore. <laughs> Just go there and buy them all. Side Akbar, there's a Dollarama being built near my house right now. And it's Street it's actually called Star Wars Dollarama. Streetsville's Wars- like, isn't it too hipster to have a Dollarama? Yeah, I don't know. Eh, it's close. You got a great pizza joint. Is it still there? Uh, the pizza joint? Yeah. Number two for me, read some expanded universe. Yes. Maybe old stuff. Read some of the new stuff. Comics, like there's tons of new stuff that's out there. I said before, my opinion of Ray Rose and uh, Paige Tico, totally different because I read the novelization and I see them in comics. It's like, oh wow, there's so much cool stuff. And I love that she's wearing the medallion in Rise of Skywalker. Yes, uh, I, that was awesome. Like, two parts, like she has one and Paige had one. So it's like, they didn't like, Oh, don't forget about her sister. No, no, she's her sister's still with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think look, it, it it was unfortunate she got cut, uh, yeah. but it happens, and yeah. you can't do anything to change it. However, like you said earlier, tweet hashtag make Rose Tico Disney Plus show. Uh, just yeah. let people know how you feel about that. And my number one, just respect one another's viewpoints on <laughs> all things Star Wars. You don't have to agree. I'm not saying agree. I'm saying respect. Let's get along. Like you said, these are movies yeah. about space wizards. Some of them wear robes. Some of them don't. We don't really know what's going on. Some of them are Watto. Some of them are, uh, uh, what's his name? Ado Eloazzi. Look, it's just, it's about the fun. I, you know, Rob got me on DVD Volume 2 of Clone Wars, the Trzkowski, whatever it's called, the 2D animated one. I love that series, but I could never yeah, find yeah. Volume 2. He got me Volume 2, and I was watching it, and I was just like, damn it, I love these. But you look at that, and I'm like, this Star Wars, man. This is, yeah. it's not, there's, this should not be debated on any term. 
on any regard. Uh, we should just talk about it and enjoy it and embrace it. And, and it's fun and it's brought us all together. So just respect everybody's viewpoints on all aspects of it. That's my number one. Going into 2020, Brock, your number one, Baby Yoda. My number one similar, and I think you you uh, you elaborated way better than I would. My number one is Be More Positive. <laughs> it's a movie about space wizards. Don't tell me what to do! It's a movie. <laughs> Listen to me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at just zoom in on me. All right, hold on. Just put your hands around. Hold on, I'm zooming in on me in the video. If you're on, no, don't do it. Not you. Just the I did, though. It's on YouTube. It's a movie about space wizards. It's fantasy. It's not life. It's just fun. So make it fun. If you have, a, like, I'm all for debating, like, what do you think this means? And what, what, what do you think this, this is better than that? Or the, I'm all for that. But, like, we don't need to tell Kathleen Kennedy or J.J. Abrams or Ryan Johnson that they destroyed our childhood. You destroyed your childhood. <laughs> and you destroyed my childhood. Yeah, how dare you. Anyways, but yeah, be more positive. We're If you watch us or listen to us, you know that we're here just to talk about Star Wars because that's what we do. Yeah. Like, James and I did this together for almost a decade now, and that's just basically all we do all day. Like, through text. <laughs> and we're like, why don't we just take it to the internet? And we did. And, and we did, and here we are. Here we are, 149 now, weeks later. And now, we're the presidents of the United States, of America. But you have to come over and play this game. We have to get together and play Pictopia, Star Wars Pictopia. I got this like three years. I was living in Mississauga, Brock. When I got this, it's never been open. I will not. I do not want to go to the Well, my internet has crapped out officially. Uh, <laughs> you just broke up. That was funny. Anyway, Brock, yeah. 149 weeks. Thank you all so much for, for listening, for watching. Again, you could check us out. Um, Wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, all that stuff. I'm James. He's Brock. And he was always scum. Rebel scum. Hey, scumbags. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up on our video. As always, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rebel Scum Podcast, for all the latest videos.